All right. Well done, Mom and Dad. <laughs> good to have you with us. Uh, baby and all. Very good. You're most welcome in this place. So, I want to get on with it because I really think it's going to be a cooker today, like hot, 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 hot. Yeah. So, this is not sleepy time. It feels like the wilderness. It feels like out there, really hot, but I don't think this is the hottest place in the world. But in the meantime, it is pretty hot. So, I don't want to uh, get you in a sleepy mode uh, for our worship team. They're going to come up. We just want to give God some space just to allow His Spirit just to do something in our hearts. Because I really believe that God needs to do something in our hearts. So, this year, and I think the last year that we've been in, is pretty much like a game changer. I don't know if you agree with me, but this is a game changer. Something has shifted. And I, I wish I could just put it down into a physical aspect and say that's exactly what has happened. We've had a physical manifestation of a game changer. Uh, I believe there's a spiritual manifestation which is far bigger and far deeper and far more impacting in our lives. And I really do believe that God is going to take us into a new place. Um, it would be, it's, easy for, it's not easy for me to say. I think it is easier to say it, but it's, it's difficult to say, to know exactly. And I wish I could actually put uh, a thumbprint on it or a handprint on it or something that you could tick off and say, God is going to do this. I don't know what God is going to do, but I feel and have a sense that we're almost facing a new generation. There's a scripture in Hebrews, and I haven't given it to the guys in the back there, so you just have to listen to me. Scripture in Hebrews that says, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This thing has been spoken of. Andrew spoke about it way back in the beginning, and it just keeps on coming up in terms of that. In verse 27 of Hebrews 12, it says this, Yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. So if we'd stop there, we would <clears throat> we'd kind of believe that we're in a shaking time, and I think we are uh, in a shaking time. Things are shaking, but here it is in verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful that we are receiving, receiving as in present continuous tense, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that God is busy with us to the degree that we are going, that what's left of us, if anything spiritual has to be removed from us, if anything physical or outside of what God has planned and purpose for our life has to be removed from us, then we are going to be more like the kingdom than we've ever been. I would like to say, and maybe even put a title on it and say, we are going to be a new generation. And that's a scary part. Because I can't make that happen. We're going to be a new generation. God is going to shift us to some degree that we are going to find something brand new. You see, God is not faced by COVID. He's not faced by that. He's not faced by the end of the world. <laughs> it's all kind of like things that God is quite knowledgeable about. He's going to do things that he has to do and make things happen that have to happen. So I really wanted to get to you 
um, feeling a little intimidated by how I would lead you through this place, but it's something like a, a four by four journey. You're going to have to put it in four by four. You're going to have to get all the tires on the ground, and you're going to have to get some real traction because you need some traction. Now, traction, something in the spirituals, it looks just about like this. Uh, it's really invisible, but it's something between you and God that keeps you in God. You get that? Something in you and God that keeps you in God. So while you're on this road and while you're on this journey, and I mean, I could go around this room and point out people and say, you guys have been through a rough time. I know that. A lot of guys, we can, we can write it off as big, heavy things that, that, that a lot of people have been through. So what is the lens that we're looking through? The lens that we're looking through today is really about Philippians. And I just want to say this very quickly. It's a key. Do not be anxious about anything. God is in control. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he wants to do. He knows where he's leading us. He knows what he's doing with us. And he is with us. And more than that, we need to understand that he loves us. He loves us. So Acts 2.42, you can put up the scripture if you like. I think we're all very familiar with the scripture. Some of you have been following the series on a Sunday morning in Church Live. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. But I want to stop with the first two words, they devoted. They devoted. And I want to speak to you about blue blood. Not about the blueprints. The blueprints looks like... Uh, a, a model that we are that that we that we adhere to that we share as Joshua Generation Church. But I'm talking to you about blue blood. In other words, I'm talking to the they here this afternoon, sitting in this building. Yeah, they, you, are the blue blood. And if you don't really understand the concept of blue blood, it's something like royalty. It's something like God has specially chosen, that you have been born again, that you have been born again into a kingdom that is everlasting. You have been born again for a purpose and for a time such as this. And maybe we do not understand the time. And maybe we cannot actually put labels on the thing and say, that's exactly what has happened. But we have been born for such a time as this. We have blue blood so to say. We are the blueprint and the blue blood of the blueprint. That we are somewhere in the mix. And I I want to hesitate to say this. It's not just about Joshua Generation. It's about the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ that is going to be and may be very, very different uh, in time to come. So would you also, if you're following in your Bible, turn to um, Romans 8. And 31. These are uh, some of the favorite scriptures that I grew up on uh, and I feasted on them. And every time things went wrong, I would go to Romans 8. And Romans 8, 28 says this, all things work together for good. It's not on the board yet. All things work together for good to them that love God. Anybody don't love God around here? Okay, so you love God. You don't want to put up your hand. That's okay. That's cool. Because you sweat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to see your sweat. And I'm, I don't mind showing you my sweat because I'm working here. I'm getting paid for this. This is working for me. <laughs> so if I don't do this, then I'm going to come short. But really, <clears throat> uh, Romans 8 
is something uh, of a, you know, the guys are good, you know, these guys working at the back, thank you very much, you got the word. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Think to yourself this, this afternoon, we are in God's purpose right here, right now, in this very moment. We may not think it, we may not see God, you know, and it feels like at times that God is keeping his distance, and it's not a social distance, it feels like that. But it may actually be that God is actually closer to us than our breath, our very breath. Someone wrote on their, um, on their um, status, and I'm not one that follows people's status all the time. This is just a WhatsApp status. So it was pretty much a cut and paste, and they put it out there. And what was said on this is quite inspiring in a sense. It says this, that if the circle of friends that we have no longer inspire us, the circle has become a cage. May I say this? with a trusting that God, by his Holy Spirit, will inspire us. And the word inspire is to really anoint with his breath. That God, the Holy Spirit, will inspire us. That what we experience as church will no longer be a cage. But that will be a freedom in God to move and to do exactly what he's called us to do. And to be exactly what he wants us to be. Do you get this, guys? Am I speaking foreign to you today? My name is Henry, and there is an old, very old advert that says, Henry speaking foreign. I don't know, like cappuccino or something like that. Okay. Jokes aside. Our God is a way maker. He's a righteous way maker. He's always busy with us redemptively. There is absolutely no time that God is not busy with us. He's always, always busy with us. Even when we think he's not, when we think he's not looking, when you think he's not involved, he is looking and involved. He's very much with us, and he's a waymaker. And we must never forget that. He is an absolute waymaker. Let me get to that portion of Scripture in Romans. Very important, and I'm going to read it straight from the Word. I'm not even going to read off the board. Um, this is an old NIV. It may be slightly different to what comes up on the board. But uh, hear this. In verse 35... Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Do you believe that? Shall trouble? And look at this list. Or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword. Anyone experience anything outside of that circle that that list? I don't think so. I think pretty much it's a cover-all kind of statement. So, I ask the question of myself, does God look down every day? And this is an everyday experience. So don't think, oh well, you know, it's a one-off, you know, we've had a year of it. Thank you, Jesus, you take me out of this and I'll never have this again. Let me just say, this is normal kingdom life. You want to live for Jesus? You signed up for this. The day that you said yes to Jesus, you signed up for this. You signed up for it. It's part of your everyday life. But I don't see God standing in heaven, looking down upon us and say, well, this is going to be a persecution day. I think these guys need some persecution. 
that God just drops us off into some uh, behind the enemy lines and leaves us there to sweat it out and hope that we make it. And by the time uh, he thinks we're done, uh, we can finally get out of it and wipe off the sweat of our brow and say, well, I'm, I'm cool now. I'm okay. I'm good to go. And God says, okay, what will we do the next day? Um, uh, let's see. Let's try a little bit of famine. These guys look like they put on some weight and we're going to do some famine. God's not like that. And I want you to know that this thing is covered under the thing called the love of Christ. And we mustn't forget it. And sometimes we do forget it. And sometimes we get lost in the reality that we have forgotten the love of Christ. And it hasn't been drilled into our spirits that whatever is happening to me, whether it is trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, doesn't matter what it is, nothing, nothing. Would you say that in your heart? I don't expect you to say it with your mask on. It's kind of like difficult to speak. That's why I wear my mask here. Yeah. Uh, let the hand do the talking. <laughs> nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. Do get that, guys. Is it, is it vested in your spirit? Is it vested in your heart? Here we go on. The reading goes on. Um, let's take it up in verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, and Paul uses a very strong word there, a very strong word, I am persuaded, I am convinced. And I would ask you the question today, are you convinced, are you persuaded, do you know without a shadow of a doubt? And you say to me, oh, no, no, I know the love of God. Let me tell you something, a lot of people struggle with just this, the love of God. The love of God, especially when things are going wrong, especially when things are not good. We go and look in the mirror and a lot of the guys lost their jobs, lost their money, lost their source of income, whatever it is, or even diminished income, whatever it is that has caused that. And the guys would look at themselves, I am not a good dad, I'm not a good father, I'm not a good man, I've lost that. And the first thing that we point to is the love of God. We may not say it aloud. But it's the first thing we point to. Does God love me? May I say this to you? You matter to God. You're important to God. Very important to God. He goes on, he says, I am convinced that neither death, anybody died? Maybe you knew somebody that died? So I'm not saying this in a joke. I'm saying this with reality in which we live right now. That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Anybody had demons attack them recently? Can't separate you from the love of God. Can't. Angels, even God's servants, God's uh, ministering servants given to us cannot separate you from the love of God. Neither the present nor the future, nor the nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm pretty much going to stop there. There are a few, there's a number of things that I wanted to say to you. I, I do believe that God's answer to chaos 
is that we surrender to his strength. That we surrender to his strength. That we surrender to the love of God. That we surrender to it. Did God change from a year ago to now? Has he changed? Anybody? Anybody got a, a venture, a, a thought? And I know maybe you feel that God has changed or let you down or, or given up on you or punished you or sorting you out or changing you. And all of those may be true. God may be punishing you. He may be sorting you out. He may be redirecting your hearts. He may be changing the way you think about kingdom and the way you think about God. But let me say this, you have blue blood. And I'm not saying by any means, and that's a wrong theology, to say that the blood of Jesus now flows through my veins. It doesn't flow through your veins. But the blood of Jesus Christ has set me free. Has set me free. And I am his child because I am free. The only reason I can stand before the Lord is because of the blood of Jesus. But that makes me royalty. It makes me royalty. It makes me something special. It makes me something that God wants to love on. And I want him to love on you this afternoon. I really want him to do it. We're going to invite in a moment. We're going to get Barry and the, t and, and, uh, the team up. And I think it's pretty much the family. Huh? Barry and the family. And they're going to give us some worship songs. And I don't know if I've really set a good platform for them. But I want God to step into this place for you and I this afternoon. And maybe just examine the question in our hearts, does God really love me? And there was a time, I've got it written in the, in the, in the, in the front pages of my Bible somewhere, um, that I really, there was a, a time that I really, really was going through a rough time. I'd lost my job, and things were really going wrong with me. And the question was asked, it was actually preached, and the preacher said, um, what you, would your answer be? And this wasn't the exact question. There was another question like, what would your answer be uh, if, if God took away everything out of your life? What would your answer be? Would you still trust him? Would you still trust him? So I went home with that, that question burning in my heart, and I said, God, what is it? And God said to me, do you know how much I love you? And at the time I couldn't say yes. Because if I put the love of God beside where, what I was going through, it just didn't seem to match. It just didn't seem to work out. Do, do, do you know how much I love you? Theologically, yes, I know. I can read the scriptures and I'll find it everywhere in the scriptures. God loves me. For God so loved the world, the very basis of, of the gospel in my life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if I believe in him, I will not perish. But have everlasting life. But I struggled. Because I didn't know the love of God and the love of Christ. And there are many scriptures. I really, I mean, I could, I'm not doing justice to the many scriptures that there are around the love of God in Christ Jesus. You can go and read Ephesians 3. That last portion where Paul prays, he says, I pray, I pray for you. For what? That you may, the, may know the love of Christ. The height and the depth and the length and the breadth, the measurement. And in that, that you would know and experience the fullness of God. Do you want to experience the fullness of God? 
And that's where you've got to go this afternoon, to the place of his love. The place of his love. Oh, it's... Um, yeah, let me stop there. I would just tell you more and more stories of things. Um, God, so would you take us this afternoon? Some of us are really experiencing a shaking. And if not that we have been shaken, that we're still feeling the tremors of what has shaken us. And we're kind of wondering, so where does this go and where does it end? We're still wearing our masks. We're still going through a physical lockdown of some sort and some nature. And it doesn't sound easier just by some of the things that are being said out there. You know, do we get the vaccination, etc., etc., a whole bunch of stuff. So right now you may be feeling a little bit fragile. You may just be feeling a little bit like, oh God... Would you just come in and reveal your love to me? Would you just come in? You see, it's not about a white-knuckle experience. It's not. It is not. I promise you that. It's not white-knuckle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the love of God in my life. That's not how it works. The love of God is manifest in Jesus Christ. And sometimes it takes a little repentance from us because somewhere along the line we may have lost a little something. So just repent. Just say, sorry, God, I'm sorry that I've neglected even the small things, the things called worship, the things called prayer, the things called the fellowship of the saints. I've just neglected some of these things, and I'm feeling a little bit tender inside. God still loves you. He still loves you, and he wants you back in that place. So would you surrender to the love of God? Would you once again allow, would you lean into God? Would you lean into his spirit? Would you lean into the love that Jesus has for us? Get a handle on it this afternoon and find yourself in that place. So thank you, Father, that we could share these few moments together. And I'm praying for everyone uh, sitting in this room today including myself, that we may know the love of Christ that passes understanding, that goes beyond the very thoughts of my thoughts and the very intent of my heart, that I would know the love of God, that I could stand, that I would have steady feet. You want to fight a fight, friends? You need steady feet. And we have a fight on our hands every day. Demons, angels, things will come against us. But I need steady feet. And my steady feet are founded on the love of Christ for me. Thank you, John.